This is the freestyle way. Ah, oh, so it's co- coffee and casual. Like coffee and casual. Welcome, yeah. Jacko. I'm so happy to oh, have you here. I should let my hair down then, if it's casual. Mm-hmm. That's what you should have done. You were putting it up in a ponytail and trying to get it tight. It uh, looks J- bad like this, but it looks worse down. <laughs> Jacko, you've been on the podcast before, uh, two years ago or two and a half years ago now. Is that Time how long is, it was? Yeah, really flying. And I'm I'm excited to have you back. And and now in a completely new uh, version of your self-expression. And I I that's what I want to explore today. Where are you today versus? Uh, three years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's that I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you some. Uh, where am I? Um, where am I today? I, I, I'm probably closer, closer to somewhere, but I don't know where it is. Maybe let's say, like, I don't feel like I have. Yeah, I haven't got answers and things. I'm just like exploring stuff, and we can talk about that more. I guess I'm. Uh, there's some physical things and that we sold our house and we bought a camper van um, and then we're sort of exploring a bit of freedom. Not that we want to live in a camper van for the rest of our life and I'm not in it now, but I have done some podcasts from the camper van. Um, you can tell the difference because the background looks like a sauna. It's like an old school like, wooden thing. But, um, it fits with your new look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yes, we're just, we're, we're taking some time to... Uh, explore around the UK to decide where then we want to put down our roots. We um, just, a very simple question during during COVID was like, do I want to live in Nottingham, like in the middle of the UK where in a, in a city, I was just like, no, I don't want to live there forever. And it was like, well, this is a perfect time to move. Like we don't have any children and our, everything we've done was like work-wise is able to be done remotely. So it's like, let's flex some of this freedom that we weren't previously flexing and um, go, go, go explore a bit. Um, and one of the things is like trying to get a bit more out into away from the concrete. Um, it's weird. Like things have changed so much in, uh, in my mind around like just when I'm like, see just concrete joint, it just, I, it, something in me is just pull it, like doesn't like it. And it's something I didn't used to ever think about or consider or anything at all. Um, so yeah, there's there's some things like that, and then from a, um, I guess in the last three years, I've um, been exploring breathing a lot, just for my own rehabilitation from my brain injury, um, from my rugby career, um, and have since become like a, a one of the master instructors with the Oxford Advantage and, and teach the certification within that. Um, still um, d- trying to do the odd stupid. Ah, oh, he's got the book. Of course, the American version, the the UK version is a blue cover. Something, but is um, it really, uh, that's a brand. Yeah, yeah, different. Do, huh? um, or or publish, yeah, they, public, uh, publishing house. Yeah, you get a lot. Of, uh, you often see that, like the the name can be different in the in American books compared to the UK, and the, the cover would look different some, on some of the ones. Um, yeah, still still trying to do the odd human flag, and and you know, still me and Tim still running the scorecard cynics. Um, Vive. It been embarking on more running as a journey because it's been a way for me to experience my breath and be able to work on my breath just through the thought that the simple thing of like running like you know try and work on your breathing while you're doing a handstand and you realize actually you probably hold your breath when you handstand didn't realize you were doing it and it's like something take something very simple like running 
it's cyclical, it's rhythmical, you don't have to think about it. Yes, there can be technique things that you can work on, but most of us can just go out for a simple jog or even just a walk. And what you'll notice is if you tune into it, your breathing will change, or at least it will become louder, not just louder, like audibly it might become louder, but just louder for you to feel and experience. And I was trying to improve the way I was breathing as, as, a, as a way to ensure that any ill effects of my brain injury that I sustained back in 2013 uh, that ended my rugby career that that was I was trying to minimize that as much as possible because there was some re come across some research that was talking about um, brain injuries and concussions affecting the respiratory center in the brain dysfunctional breathing sensitivity to CO2 which ultimately results in like cognitive function problems um, largely to a reduction in blood flow and oxygen supply to the brain and I was like, well, I had quite a number of head injuries and I had a bad one at the end. Like, this sounds like something I need to take seriously. I did some of the testing of like some of the little assessments you do with the, um, like counting your breathing, getting your breathing rate and your sensitivity to CO2. Um, and I scored like really badly, like in a, you know, severe asthma type of category. And I was like, I've been not, over the last sort of five years, say, it was like, I didn't know that I had a problem. It wasn't like I knew I had a, I was like blissfully unaware in a way um, of how how bad mine had come. Wow. So yeah, it felt like an important thing to work on. Yeah. Can you tell us about that test? What What is it that they test when you go in there? Do you remember? Um, oh, so no one's, <laughs> this is me testing it myself. Yeah, okay, after so having tell us, read, tell us, yeah. tell us about, about yeah. your testing. Yeah, what did you test? Well, this is, well, this is interesting in that like, so... What did the doctors say to me? Nothing. Like, just go home and rest and do nothing. It was like, come back six months later. Like, um, I'm still absolutely, I'm still, I don't want to list all my symptoms, but like, I am not right and I'm not good. Like, and it's like nothing. Anyway, so. Um, what, what were some of the symptoms? I'm, I'm curious if, uh, if you're willing yeah, to share. From a, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, cognitive function, sleep, depression, sensitivity to light, headaches. Um, Nausea and sickness is quite a common one, but I didn't tend to have too much of that. Um, but basically it's like, and, and just fatigue, like you can't, like you, you basically just, you, anything. It's just, the brain is like and trying is this, to protect And is this itself. years after the trauma? If, is no, this so a year me, after the brain injury? No, it took me, um, so it was, I was probably for a good sort of, say four or five months, like not getting better. Or maybe getting a little bit better, but not, you know, in the acute phase, in the first couple of weeks, I was an absolute mess, but was sort of expecting that. If you know, I, mean, I had a seizure as well as a um, a bleed on the brain. Um, but as it was like sort of month three, month four, and you're like, I'm still not getting better. And normally I've had a number of concussions in my career, probably like 10 decent ones, decent as in they're not good to have, but um, as in sizable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, size um, wise. <laughs> and it was taking less and less to knock me out and it was taking longer and longer for me to recover from them but still it would only be like a few weeks um and so this was going on longer and I knew that and yeah I knew I knew it wasn't I knew it wasn't right um but yeah you, you're still getting headaches you're still um sensitive to light still really fatigued um just foggy in the brain and you can't and then some of the so actually no they do do some tests but this is not testing your breathing they will test your cognitive function so i remember one of the tests was um when you've been concussed a number of times you know what the tests are so doctors like i know that the counting one is you count back from 100 in sevens 
Okay. 193. You can't even think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so, um, so uh, 86, 79. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with the doctor, and this is about four months afterwards. And he, uh, He's asked me a load of other questions. I've got just very simple things like, what year is it? And and it's weird. It's like, you know, you know the answers, but you just sort of find them. You're like, what, you know, what day is it? What date is it? And you know, and then, anyway, I knew I wasn't doing particularly well. But then when he, when, I, when he came to the counting one and he said, can you count back from 100 in ones? I was like, well, I know it's not supposed to be seven. It's supposed to be sevens. And you're asking me to do it in ones. So, okay, I guess I'm not doing that well because ones is pretty easy. And I'm like, one's easy. And then I was, so I start and I'm like, well, one's is easy. And I was like, 100. And I was like, 99? 98? It was weird. It was like, what, you're like, what's going on? I know what this is, but I can't like do it. And it's just that, you know, the brain is shutting down or the brain is trying to recover. And so just, if you can imagine just that as a task is starts to become difficult or it was difficult at the time, you know, um, it sounds almost as yeah. if uh, you had had a stroke and you're unable to speak that which is alive in your brain, basically. Yeah, it's like I didn't have any speech difficulties, um, but you just cognitively you can't think. Um, yeah, so it's, how, it wasn't a speech thing. It was a. It was a. No, no, almost like just... a, The translation, the recollection was there, but you couldn't translate it. I, I guess there's a term for that, but I don't know it. We'll have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so not uh yeah, not 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 a not a good time. But it was it was that was what 9 years ago now. It it feels it feels like a different lifetime. It feels like a different person is that it's that long ago. Um And had you already gotten into calisthenics at that time? Had you had officially retired or where no, were you no, at in your career no. at that point in time? Um so I was trying to get back to playing. Um and it was difficult because I didn't I knew after a few, well, I probably, if I was honest, I probably knew, well, I maybe didn't know straight away. Um, like I remember coming round in the hospital and I looked down at the floor and I was in my rugby kit and in my, in my, I still had my boots on and I was like, it's weird. I was like, and then you're like trying to figure out what's going on. You're like, and I'm sat next to me, the physio sat next to me and I was like, and I said, like, ah, and I was like, ah, oh, right. I know. Cause this has happened before. I'm like, um, I've been knocked down, haven't I? And he looked at me and he's like, yes. And I was like, well, what's up with you? And then I was like, oh no, I know. I know what's happened. I was like, I've asked you that a few times already, haven't I? And he's like, yes, would you just shut up? Like basically I've just been, would have been sat there just asking him like, have I been knocked down? But like, in, you know, you just, literally at that point you've got like a memory of a goldfish. Um, wow. I couldn't remember, I'd lost about two months, of, uh, two weeks of memory. Cause I remember I'd bought a, I'd bought a van that was converting into a camper van and I didn't know that it was mine. I was asking someone who it was and they were like, it was yours. Um, and uh, I remember looking through my text messages, trying to, um, just trying to work out like what's going on just in, in my life or in the world, just trying to piece stuff together. It's not like you forget everything, but you just, you're very disorientated. And what didn't help was I had a message from someone I'd not spoken to for about 10 years or something. A text message that sort of threw me off. I was like, oh, wow, am I talking to them? I haven't spoken to them in ages. Um, but yeah, so you're just, yeah, you're just all over the place at that point. Um, what a surreal experience. It feels like it's almost like you're in a, a strange dream. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a, you're in a, you're in a, you're in a fuzz. Everything's fuzzy. 
but you don't real you don't you don't realize it until you come out of it or you sort of re- you know something's not right because you can't just function but um i was i was doing some rugby coaching at the time um, and obviously wasn't doing any during that but i would send um like a text to, with some ideas for training to to one of the coaches and i remember speaking to him afterwards he was like you know when you were like it was like you, what you were sending through just like didn't make any sense at all it was just like um yeah so that was like there's a few months of that and then because uh, i got the I had the head injury in august and then i retired from rugby in the, the christmas when i'd had my mri i didn't have I had, a, I had a ct scan at the start they didn't give me an mri scan until um until later on when i wasn't getting any wasn't getting any better and um the, the mri scan showed a, a scar from a bleed on the brain um the neurologist said like the 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 uh the seizure the fit that you had is a is often goes hand in hand with like some sort of bleed it was it was small enough that you know i didn't need an operation or anything like that um but the recommendation was that you there was no ruling i could have chose to but no one would have i couldn't have i couldn't have played anyway but um yeah there's no there's no legislation or rules within the game or laws in the game to stop you but um the recommendation was to um yeah, not to play contact sports which she was worried about saying that to me because she knew that that meant the end of my career but i was like <laughs> i was relieved because i was like i don't want to go back on the field again because i know i'm not right and it's gone on that long that even if at some point like now i feel okay but would i want to go and risk getting my head smashed in again like probably not <laughs> um, yeah and this but, is almost a decade yeah. ago now yeah yeah, yeah. incredible so you've been on a, a very uh interesting journey the depression that you felt having the concussion, whatever um, expression of depression that that was, yeah, was that later on coupled with having to retire from rugby? And how how did yeah. you deal with that? Yes, yeah, that's where it's difficult. Like, so um, it's not. I guess not just depression. Just like very being, you end up being very emotional. Like, I I remember breaking down in tears and crying in a shop because I couldn't choose what yogurt I wanted to eat. As in, I couldn't choose the flavor. As in, the the there was too many flavors. That so that decision, my brain was like, I couldn't deal with that decision, and the output was just like overly emotional. So I'm like crying. It's like crazy. Um, and but then in terms of depression, is a is a is a symptom of like brain injuries and, and concussions. But you know, if you made anyone just go right, you're not allowed to do anything. Just stay in your bedroom. Don't look any light because it makes you sensitive to it. Don't really do anything. Like you're going to pretty much be potentially depressed anyway. Thrown into the mix, it's like okay, we're also going to retire from doing the sport that you love doing, and then um, you know you're how are you going to pay your bills at the end of blah blah. So you've got to what are you going to do with your life now? And like you need a new career. What are you going to do? Um, you know, I played professionally, but it wasn't at the level where. Um, you're making enough money to retire. We just earn a normal sort of average wage. Um, so you always, you always knew you were going to need to um, have a career uh, afterwards. And, you know, I was lucky in that I was 31 when I had my, my head injury. I'd had a, had a, I was lucky enough to have quite a long career. I'd played as my, I think I was going into my 13th season. I played over 300 games for my, like, you know, hometown club in Nottingham. And um, yeah, I was very grateful that I, that I had all that. A, a friend recently, uh, soon after i retired he was young he was maybe like 20 21 like retired at like right at the beginning of from a brain injury as well like 
right at the beginning of his career. Um, so, yeah, when you when you throw into the mix, like you got to deal with all that stuff as well. It's like, well, no doubt people struggle with um, mentally with things and, and what that looks like. Yeah, that's that's very heavy. And if you can recall that time, that must have been a little chaotic. How did you choose to navigate that? What what was it that you found that worked for you in that moment? Was it something that you deliberately one day just kind of came up with? Okay, this is the path I'm going to take. I'm going to go down the calisthenics path. Or was it something that uh, appeared for you? Um, yeah, great question. Because it was like, I was very lucky in that the, um, I mean, I'd, I'd been at the clubs as a, as, a, as a kid from like six years old, I think something like that and and I knew the uh, the CEO very well and he um I just signed a two year contract when I had the brain injury and then um they honored my, the the first year of my contract and like um just let me get back on my feet a little bit and I did a little bit of work in in the office when I felt up to it later on in that year um and it just gave me I had a good sort of uh, from the from the christmas to the um to the april I had four months where I was starting to feel a bit better and was able to um, I mean, it took me a year to be able to run without getting headaches. That's where some of my physical symptoms continued for. But I was starting to be able to feel a bit more normal and think logically and started to look at, okay, what is, what am I going to do do now? Um, and there was, there was different, different potential like avenues to go down. So I'd done like a, um, I'd done a master's of materials engineering at Loughborough Uni here in the UK and a friend of mine was like worked on like gas turbines at a power station I could get it was like as you know as an engineer was like, I could make you blah 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 I can get you a job at my place no worries and I was just like I just don't want to I just don't want to go down that route and then um, I'm also a qualified science teacher and I was like I loved my top set year sevens but um, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. so I was just like the, the biggest thing for me was like, I didn't want, I felt like I'd learned an awful lot through the sport and I didn't want to like just fully step away. I wanted to be able to give something back and, and what that looked like. I wasn't sure. I'd done some like um, diplomas in, in sports psychology. So I was interested in that side of, of things. Um, and it was at that time that I met Tim who, you know, now it, at that time there was no school calisthenics. Um but he was training Paralympic athletes as an S&C coach. And I'd always been interested in the gym and that side of things and actually thought, well, the S&C route, that uh, strength and conditioning, that allows me to like still work within sport, still give back some experience of like what it is that I would do. And, and that just started to, to go down that route. I did a bit of mentoring with some of the athletes who were working with as well um, that I really enjoyed. And um, that sort of, sent me down that path i remember making like a bit of a list of like what was important like what do i want out of my career or what what don't i and a friend of mine put it put it quite simply of in terms of going he was like well generally you got sort of two options you either do a job that pays your bills and allows you to go and go off and do the things that you love doing or you try and have a job or career that is the stuff that you want to enjoy doing and i was like yeah, I think I want, I think I want that route. And there was just things that was like, what's important? Like, is, is it, you know, is it financial? Is that important? It was like, well, 
no, I want to feel like I'm making a difference. Um, you know, if you want to be rich, don't be an S&C coach because it's not, right, it's not right, yeah. money. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like I wanted to, uh, yeah, I wanted to give back. I wanted to try and make a difference. Those things that like we're all searching for to some to to a, a degree. Some of some people are probably more aware of it than other. But you know, you want to have purpose, um, and purpose doesn't have to come just through your job. Like so our purpose could be certainly outside of our job. I probably. I'd ha- I was lucky that I'd had the experience of working full-time in a school as a teacher and then having the chance to go full-time professional rugby. And I'd experienced what full-time work was like working for someone else and then I've experienced like the luxury of, you know, there's different challenges when you're playing sport professionally, the different pressures and everything. But I was a bit like, I think I want to try and go down a route where I feel a bit more in control of. Um, so, and that involved being self-employed. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I, I believe that uh, we go through the different chapters in life. And the transition from one chapter to the next, the in-between, is the one where it either makes a person or it breaks a person. Either way, there is there is some kind of continuation. I always see it as a continuation or as a progression. But it sounds like you always leaned in those transitions towards... Uh, making it, building something, creating something. And I'm just curious, for you, do you have anything that you fall back on that is your foundation? Is it a principle? Is it a value? Is it a a faith? Is it relationships? What is it that you fall back on that allows you to build upward like you do? Um, (laughs) It's a good question. It's... I don't know. I, 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 as you said, when we said right at the beginning, like, what are you doing or where you go? It's like, I don't know. Like, there, there is, I don't know if people, do, do people really have like grand master plans? Maybe they think they do or pretend that they do it. Do that. I certainly don't. Um, I, I mean, I, I have faith and believe in God. Um, and, and that's obviously something there to, to fall back on. And I'd seen during my head injury some answers to prayer that allowed me to actually navigate my way out of that when I felt like there was literally nowhere to go. Um, so there's some, I guess there's some, some trust and... Um, what's the right word? Just sort of like... I'm thinking like safety, but I don't feel like safety is the right word. But just yeah, in 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 feeling like like yeah the the right things. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I literally. I wish I had like some great sort of thing of like oh yeah, here's something really. No, I cool think this is, this is perfect because I, yeah, I, you know, in the world of self development, in the world of performance, everybody is seeking the formula. Tell me how to do the thing. Yeah. And there has to be uh, a recipe, uh, a prescription that has the solution. I've got it. You got it, I have, right? I have, I've got some, I've got, because this is, this is something I've been saying recently. This right. isn't something I've hit, always hit fallen back on. This yeah. isn't something I've always fallen back on, but it's just something recently, right? Is, and because you, you, you triggered it then when you said, like, people are, peop, there's people searching for the answer, whatever the thing, and then there's also people portraying that they have it, Um and the thing that I fall back on at the moment is we used to think the world was flat and everyone will then laugh at me for saying that now and then I've got two responses one of which I look out the window and I'm telling you I'll send you a photo the world is flat and it is flat that is actually right it's flat there 
but that's just because I'm looking on a small lens. Now I go wider and you go, oh, it's actually not flat, but you know, uh, I'm reading a book about calculus, which ever you go to ask people, you have calculus, you're like maths, something to do with maths, algebra, maths. I don't know what it was. It's like mad, made cool, weird, mind blowing. But this idea, like a, a lot of it built around the infinity and like trying to work out a circle and imagining a circle is like an infinite number of like straight lines, even though it's not straight lines, but it gives us the chance to break things down. And like when you look at the world in a small space, is flat when you look at it wide like oh it isn't but and we laugh at the people that used to think it was flat not not realizing that all of us now that think we know stuff are in that same space that they were in when they thought it was flat we're like oh we think this and i know the answer this is the thing like well all i history has always told us that we would have been right to varying degrees, sometimes completely wrong. Or, yeah, you got it right, but it's actually when we go wider now, we know a bit more, we've done a bit more research, actually the full picture is like this. And it's like, if I think I'm right now, history tells me that I'm not. I might be partly right, but I'm not. And so that is something that, um, yeah, that is something that at the moment I think is uh, comes out of my mouth a lot in, in conversations. Hopefully, yeah, I, did I articulate that? I, I think, I think did I make did a, the point? I think you did. And and this kind of <laughs> you know shifting gears at the same time, no, knowing that you you don't have the solution, that there is no master plan, that there is just a sense of where you're going. At the same time, you have the confidence to call yourself a breathwork facilitator. <laughs> right. well, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't really like the the, the term facilitator. But um, I just took it because I saw it there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we we dare to give ourselves titles. I well, teach breath yeah. work. I am a performance coach. I how, yeah. how do how does one balance those two things, or how do you have a role and not succumb to it? Is that is that yeah. possible to do for you? I don't like titles but they you need them to help people you know really ideally i'd like it to be like hey uh, meet someone what hey what's your name hi i'm jacko what do you do like i'm like a human like do you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean yeah. like right but we have to ask that it's like what do you do then you've got to have like a title i find it really always feel it find it um awkward and potentially not my experience has been like not then because said so my experience being not helpful in that i always found it um you know i'll give it a, a, an example is, is is easier to explain it um so imagine you've played a game of your sport so for me it was always played a game and um you've literally lost the match you've let all of your mates down etc and then that's bad enough and then at the same time maybe you're coming towards the end of your contract and you're supposed to be trying to play well so that you can you know, have a job still next season. And then it's like, okay, you're feeling pretty down about yourself. And then you meet someone at a whatever part of whatever you're doing. And it's like, hey, what? and it's like that conversation, what's your name, what do you do? And you're like, I, I'm, I play rugby. And it's like, oh no, but what do you do for a real job? And you're like, oh, no, that, that's my job, I'm, I'm professional. <laughs> and then, so there's that awkwardness. And then they're like, oh, whoa, that must be amazing. And you're literally like hating your life at the moment because of what's happened literally because a sport like I played it was like weekly so that was just going on all the time and the problem I had was that 
I was putting my happiness in the result of either how the game went, but more how I'd done. And that's like my happiness would just go up and down week by week on like how that had gone. And I didn't feel like I had control of that happiness. And so I really wrestled with that for an awful long time. Probably just, I probably got slightly better at wrestling with it, but was probably always wrestling with it throughout my, throughout my career. Um, it's like an identity whereas, crisis almost. You, you're constantly living yeah. in this sense of depending or being attached to something that is at times out of your control because a game yeah. or a match requires more than one player to mess up for it to be lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's uh, uh, something I'd seen recently, a, f- uh, a friend of both of ours, Sarah Moore, mm-hmm. um, uh, she sent it me it wasn't her i can't remember whose post it was someone obviously much cleverer than 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 us um but the 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 notion or the the simple phrase was something about like what's important is not your function or your output but your essence and i was like that was exactly what i do you know i mean i was rating myself on my output my function like how did i do rather than like me as me as a person me as my essence what am i about like I, and and when I when I go inwardly on that, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to do the right thing, and I'm trying to, uh, you know, all those all those things that are good, and we can talk about those things. But like, knowing that like that one sentence for me, I wish I'd had that maybe 20 years ago. Of like, what's it? Yeah, not not like we all make mistakes. Like, make mistakes every day. But like, what's the essence? What you're trying? What you're truly trying to do? You're trying to put something good into the world. Like, okay, but yes, I am. Like, and and that's a good thing. What does it? What does it look like? Like, there's I'm doing a lot on the breathing side of things now for for a number of different reasons, but that before has been as a as a brother or as a son or as a teacher or as a SNC coach or as calisthenics coach or whatever. It, it then it starts to give us the freedom to be like, okay, it doesn't even matter what I'm doing because my essence is me. Um, so I guess I'm just over the over the last. I don't know how you don't know how long these things are going on for. There's a um but there's been what a there's an Irish poet, um, John O'Donoghue, he's he's passed away now, who Irish poet that would say, um, like there's secret work being done within us that we don't know is happening and then like at some point it starts to express itself. And I I feel like that at the moment where if I look at like what 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 was I doing ten years ago? It's like I was still playing rugby, and I'm like, what am I doing now? I'm like, and what's gone on in between? How do you get here? It's like, it feels mad, but it feels it feels right. Um, and even if it isn't right, it's where I am. So I got to like, I got. I guess when I have when I have these when we have these interviews and people ask about like the brain injury and this type of stuff, I sort of and it's like, oh, and where you've gone, what you're doing, I sort of. You know, when it's yourself, you'll you'll be the same, Carly. You're just like, well, I don't know, just like, I've just been living. Like, I don't. You're not, unless you have the master plan. Well, <laughs> but you're not. That's, sort of... That that's the secret, I think. Exactly what you just said right there. That's the secret, is that there is no secret. There there is yeah. no no right way. It, there's just your way, which is your essence, who you are, expressing itself through your own uh, life, which is uh, unique to you, and uh, it can't be compared. So th- there, yeah. is, there is no secret. 
yet we choose. We're constantly making choices. And uh, in the past, you, you chose rugby, then you chose calisthenics, and now you've chosen uh, breathwork. And when I'm saying choice, I'm simply saying focus. You're choosing to focus on a particular topic, at least in the way that you publicly express yourself, or maybe you spend uh, a great amount of uh, deliberate time uh, yeah. working on. So my, my simple question to you now is, is in this very moment, wh why breath work? Why breathing? Um, the, the, like the word choice is interesting when you say that because I immediately I'm like was like pushing back I was like and it, and you're right in that like you know we just make a thousand daily choices and um but the the pushback comes from me in that it was like it wasn't a choice it felt like a necessity um and I got like drawn into it for Okay, is this something that you need to do to try and rehabilitate your brain and, and try to alleviate any potential ongoing effects that there may be from it when I wasn't coming across anything else? Um, so it was like, and then do some of the assessments. Oh, so, so we never even did the assessments of, of like, count like your respiratory rate. What's your respiratory rate or what's your sensitivity to carbon dioxide like, which would be like a, a what we'd call like a relaxed breath order. We can go into some of those things at the end maybe. But um, doing some of those little assessments and being like, okay, you're actually rubbish at breathing, even though we had no idea. And like, what's the, um, and then coming across Patrick McKeon's work and reading The Oxygen Advantage, who he's now who I trained with and work with, um, seeing and understanding the science behind it going like, well, actually this, it's not just, it's not just this automatic thing. It doesn't really matter how you get the air in and out. Like it actually has an impact on your oxygen supply, blood supply to the brain, your cognition, your nervous system, how stressed you are and then performance side of it as well. And um, I was I was just drawn into that as a thing that I felt like I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And then um, in in terms of teaching it and coaching it, um, as you'll have seen, I'm just one of those annoying people and I can't switch it off where if I've like found something, I've got me flipping manually, if I've like, I'm like, this is, because for me, I got, it was like, wow, okay look at this thing it's just breathing you're doing it all the time um, some of the things are really 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 easy to do which is like shut your mouth and breathe through your nose and just try and breathe a bit quieter or a bit slower like just do that and I'm like it's gonna change your life or just just try it and it's like the importance of it like all these different like things that's gonna help improve or issues that you've got with your sleep and your stress and your digestion like they're all gonna be improved like I can't not tell you about that the same way when I'm getting excited about doing handstands and human flags when we started all the calisthenics stuff, it's like, yeah, come and do this thing. The difference was not everyone can do human flags and handstands for a number of different reasons. But breathing, everyone is doing it and has to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to be here. And even if you're very good at it, improve the efficiency of how you do it by just a little bit the sheer number of repetitions that you do 20 24,000 repetitions per day then all that sort of like little tiny improvement starts to add up to bigger changes and so i was like just the annoying person that couldn't not talk about it um and to to get sort of to, when you go through i was making some improvements on my own 
but I did the um, like the advanced certification with Patrick McKeown at the auction advantage to just to learn it more myself. I was like, okay, I'm seeing some improvements, but I don't actually fully get it. And I think I, I just want to, and we had him on our podcast and like, I semi fell in love with the guy. It was a bit of a man crush, a little bit like yourself. Um, and it was like, right, I'm going to learn from the guy that like wrote the book. Let's learn from him. Um, and so I did the course and part of the course, um, it delved a lot into the science and the chemistry of it, which took me back into that side of stuff that I'd not touched on for, for ages. I loved like sort of science and chemistry at school and in my degree. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. Um, and then to get the certification, you have to do three case studies. You have to get three practice clients. And I was like, you know, the first time you're doing something, you, you're pretty rubbish at it. But I was like, the difference within like three weeks of just teaching people some really simple, you're like, I didn't really feel like I did that much. I just tried to get you breathing with your, get your ribs moving and breathe your diaphragm, breathe your nose, breathe it slower, a couple of breath holding drills. And it's like, people are like, I feel like it's, it's life changes. It's, it's changing how I feel or my performance or you know, these types of things. And you're like, at that point I was like, I can't now just like put that in a box over here and go, um, but I'm doing this other stuff like, and plus I had scope and space and time to be able to do, you know, things side by side while, you know, whilst I was doing uh, both myself and Tim, whilst we were working with the scorecard cynics, that was a hundred percent full time of what we were doing, which will surprise some people because it was pretty busy and <laughs> we were doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You had a lot we were, going on. We were coaching, coaching athletes one-on-one -on -one for, for sort of the um, Rio 20, 16 Paralympic Games and the um, Tokyo 2020, which ended up being 2021, didn't it? And, but then at that point, all those athletes had finished. So I had this like big chunk of time anyway that I was like twiddling my thumbs effectively. Um, so things, rather than the master plan coming together of me designing it, it's just like stuff just comes together. Um, I love coaching. I love working with people. Um, I love helping people. That was one of my things on the list. It was like, help people. <laughs> and when it comes, what what I found with the with the breathing is, it's like, well, it's for, it, it, it's for everyone. Like, you can't argue that it's not. Right. No, some it, people, it is, some it people is aren't bothered. Everyone. Some people are right. like, oh, Well, uh, actually, that, that, that brings up a question for me. Uh, the three case studies that you had to do during your, mm -hmm. your training, how did you pick them? And why, why did you pick them? Um, I think I just reached out to some people a little bit randomly on Instagram. In fact, they were all, yeah, there was all people through. I think I, I think it was, um, I'd been sharing some stuff on my own personal Instagram about, um, oh, here's some stuff that yeah, I'm I finding remember. really interesting about being blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there was a few, you know, there was some people engaged more of it than others. And some people that showed a lot of interest, I sort of just went, oh, well, actually, interestingly, um, I need a case study. Do you fancy doing, you know, a few free sessions with me? And it's like, yeah, cool. Let's uh, let's do that. So um, was there anybody yeah. who surprised you that said they wanted to do it? Um, or has surprised you since? Some of the um, the best, the 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 best response I got or like not backhanded compliment, but just so um, 
I sometimes get referrals from a friend of mine that's a, that's a doctor, but what she works privately now. She used to be a um, a GP in in the NHS, but works privately now. And she'll refer on clients that are struggling with sort of stress, anxiety, and and that type of thing, where she's noticing that she thinks their their dysfunctional breathing could be playing a part in it. So she will do some work with them, but then I'll do some work with them on their on their breathing. And um, this one one guy is a lovely guy, like super nice and so nice that he didn't say this at the start. We did the first session and went through stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then um, didn't really do much at all. Um, didn't we, 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 in terms of like actual practice and exercise of things, we didn't get through, we didn't get through loads. We were, we were chatting about things and, and whatnot. One of the big things that came up though was that he was doing a lot of like, um, a lot of sighing and that can be a sign of dysfunctional breathing. And he like, and it wasn't another guy. Oh, do you realise you've just sighed like ten times in the last five minutes? It's like no, okay. Try to notice it next time. And one of the things that we do is like, we just put a pause in after the sigh, um, just to reset things. Um, we're not blowing off all that CO two too much. And he came back after the first week, and he was like, Jacko, don't take this the wrong way. But when the doctor referred me on to you said, you're going to work with a breathing guy. Um, and I'm like, I'm not a breathing guy. <laughs> um, no labels. <laughs> but uh, he was like, I did think, what is someone going to teach me about breathing and how is that going to help me with my stress, anxiety, blah, blah. Um, and he was like, but I can't tell you the difference this week has made. He was like, when I pause after those sides, like I'm noticing those sides, when I pause after them and I've just like three or four, five seconds of it, he was like, it's like absolute bliss. And he was like, that for him was like this, the, the in point. It was like, okay, let's talk a little bit about like improving your sensitivity to carbon dioxide and then let's work on your mechanics a little bit. But all very, very simple stuff. Uh, but I just love the fact that he was like, he was he was totally thinking this isn't going to work, but so nice that he didn't say it in the first session. He just showed then, up. He just showed up and then <laughs> it was like, okay, I'll try. And then did the simplest of things of pausing after he was sighing and catching himself doing that. Um, And it made, yeah, made a big, big, big difference. But yeah, you get, you get people that like breathing. It's just what, there's nothing to it. It happens automatically. Um, And my response is sort of just because something's automatic doesn't mean it's optimal. Like go into a gym and see people squatting. Everyone can squat automatically and you'll see a variation on how good the quality of those squats are. So, but we like, we there's certain things in life that we're like yeah i'll i'll uh i'll learn how to do um squatting better or I'll learn mm-hmm. how to do x y z better i was thinking this the other day of just like stand you know just standing and walking no one teaches you how to stand and walk you learn as a kid you just and you get upright but like yeah no different potentially a different yeah uh, it's it's fascinating it's take it's taking the most common behaviors and realizing that those two can be better and the subtle yeah. changes can make uh, a very positive, um, yeah, have a very positive influence on, on how you experience life. And it all comes down to awareness, realizing, oh, I'm sighing every two minutes. This is, this is strange. And yeah. then realizing that that sigh is actually something that you do naturally to reset uh, whether it's to expand the lungs or whatever it may be, and which yeah. affects the nervous system. And then realizing that with a very simple change in behavior, it allows you to become even more aware. Thus, it's like a, a, you have this key that opens up a new door to new awareness. 
And that becomes this never-ending process of development. And that is something that I think if we can nurture that for the entirety of our lives, I think we will be able to look back when the, di the day comes that we, we go and say, oh, yeah, I have, I have really no, no regrets. And uh, as I'm sharing this with you, I have, I have two questions. One is a technical one just a kind of fun <laughs> mental experiment. And the other one is a, is a personal one. So I'm going to go with the, the, the technical one right now. And this is the, the, the mental game. If you were at a grocery store, for example, or uh, out on the street, and you saw somebody who clearly needed a little guidance on their breathing, okay? And you could pass, <laughs> them, a, you could pass them a secret note, right? You're like, put this note in their back pocket um, where you, where you uh, wrote them a, a short little letter, letter about, uh, the importance of breathing and what they could do right now. What what would that note say? It's a love note. I would note. just I would just go up behind them, and I'm not saying I haven't done this. Okay. And I would just gently whisper in their ear, "Shut your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, I often I'll often when I'm when I'm teaching other coaches and stuff, I'll often say some of these types of things of going like, and and I think it myself. When if I say you're delivering a, a, a talk or a, a session with a group and being like, you might never go to another breathing thing again. Like I've got your attention for five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe an hour if I'm lucky. What what do I actually want to say to you and get this across across to you? Um, and the practical application is like, yeah, shut the mouth. So um, breathe in and out through the nose. Breathe more quietly. But to breathe, to breathe, if I ask you to breathe more quietly in and out through the nose, then you have to pay a little bit more attention to your breathing in order to listen to it. So I'm gaining a little bit of awareness for you without saying be more aware of your breathing. And then also you have, you will be slowing your breathing down in order to make it quieter. So I'm getting your breathing slower. Slower nasal breathing is calmer for your nervous system that is good for your overall health and well-being. And whether you want to go, whatever it is that you want to go and do in life, you have to breathe. You're either breathing in, breathing out, or holding your breath. The rest of life happens as well as one of those three things. So, but why do we overlook those, those three things? That, that make the base level of being alive easier by being more efficient at it so it's easier for your body to do it. It's less stressful. There's less effort going into it. It's less load. So you've got more scope and more ability to go and like do other stuff that you actually want to go uh, and do. Um, and that's one of my yeah that that and my one of that's one of my sort of messages I try to get across. And that that doesn't mean put a bandana on which i've got plenty of yes you uh, do <laughs> sit sit cross sit cross legged do this or do whatever with you do whatever with you you know you don't have it doesn't have to be this big long like expressive meditation practice in order for you to improve your day-to-day -day breathing and it's your day-to-day -day breathing that's going to have the biggest impact on how you breathe and how you feel you doing half an hour of like an amazing breathing practice but then having the rest of the day 23 and a half hours of just garbage mouth breathing, which one is your brain going to adapt to? <laughs> the one that you spend the most amount of time doing. So uh, making breath work, even if that's a term I like or don't like, but 
I will use it because people know what it, people have an idea of what it means. But again, there's still lots of misconceptions about what that means. Um, but making it normal, as mm -hmm. in you can just place some attention on some of your breathing throughout some of the day, do it in and out through the nose and do it quietly. And you're going to tick a number of simple boxes, but have a big impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. So breath work is um, breath awareness, breathing practice. Yeah, it can be it can be anything from like breathwork could be using breathing as a tool to create some hormonal changes like with the sort of Wim Hof style breathing or the holotropic breathing or the trauma release stuff like that's using the breathing as a tool. It's not teaching you how to breathe better. So we've also we've got using it as a tool, but we've got actually having a learning and practice of breathing and improving the quality and efficiency of how I breathe. I like the idea of that as a starting point because then you can go and use that in any of the things that you're then going to go and do. Whether it's a sporting performance, it's still important. Um, so, yeah, that's where I try to place my attention, and and that and yeah, that's where I feel if if I can if the word called is is right, but that's where that's where I just feel pulled towards. Like that's yeah, that's that's what feels natural to me. That's why I just that's why I can't. That's completely yeah. That's why I can't not do yeah. right. Right, right. Yeah. I've noticed a a change in your demeanor over the last couple <laughs> of years. You you you're you're soft you're softer. You you are in I'm not, less I'm not of a. I'm not, I'm not I, training as hard. Uh, <laughs> I've got no, no, I got no I, muscles. You know, I'm old, Carl. I'm forty. You know what, how it happens. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a runner that is as jacked and ripped as you are. So, uh, well, that's only because <laughs> only because I've recently started running. People are like, how are you so big? I'm like, I'm trying to lose weight. Like running around heavy is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what I was saying is that I, I've noticed Sorry. that you are softer in the way that you speak, that you present yourself in your face. Uh, it feels like there's less of a, a rush to get to a destination. Uh, mm. Life Thanks seems... Thanks for noticing. Yes, life seems <laughs> like it's um, easier. Or maybe the, 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 the better uh, term is simpler. And... Um, you know, I was thinking about your father and, and him passing and, and that experience. Uh, that's a big, big loss. How did breathing and your new sense of awareness, this softness, so to speak, allow you to navigate something like that? And where are you in, in that process of grieving? Um, well, I I'll, I'll answer a little. I'll, I'll come to that. Just you, you mentioned something around... Um, Again, no master plan, no try. I'm like, and I, I know what you mean and I can I can feel it. And I'm like, it's interesting to reflect, but you don't tend to, I don't tend to reflect back on these things. But then when you ask, you have people ask questions, things on, on podcasts, it's quite, it's quite nice to sometimes reflect on those. And like, I do feel like a lot of stuff um, has changed. There's a, I, I, I had a rugby mentality that I carried on with a rugby mentality when I wasn't playing rugby anymore. <laughs> it was like, I need to compete at something every week and um, I need to be aggressive and da -da, and I need to do it. Like, uh, I need to push myself and I need to do it. And it was like um, chasing something that you're not then in control of. Um, and when you say like life feeling simpler or life feeling easier, I think that there's a... And again, I ain't got the answers, but there's definitely a, 
um, it's not like the penny dropping all of a sudden, but just over time, just like get some of that. Maybe that is that like um, invisible inner work that's secretly going on that you don't know is happening where I'm like, life is out there, but it's like, it's in here where we actually experience it. And some of that probably goes back to like thinking about the whole thing of me happiness being on whether I played well at rugby or not and just how ridiculous that is. But at the time, like you just can't get out of it for whatever reason. I think some of it is like just as you get older, you, you mature and you see things differently. Um, but having a, having a realization of like, actually, like it's how I internalize and how I deal with these things of like in here, <laughs> in me, that dictates like life and my, and my experience. Because you see all the time, like you get two people like doing exactly the same thing and it's having the same experience of like something and they're going, they have a different experience of it even though the thing in front of them was exactly the same. And whether that's looking at a painting or watching a movie or whatever, like we all, we have a different experience of the same thing. So clearly like the thing isn't the thing that's happening. It's how we're going on in there. And um yeah my dad passed away a few months ago um and yeah there was there's there's a, there's a few things that are uh, feel like a learnings um from that and maybe i think i think one thing is that i um think i find it helpful to like try to uh, talk about it or at least there's part of me wants to talk about it because I feel like up until then I spent my whole life. We never. I remember speaking to you. I think I've been on an Instagram live that we did together. But I remember you speaking once about um, death and dying. And at the time, I was a bit like, "Crikey, that's a bit heavy." And like, and then not really wanting to engage that much in it. And uh, I said this to a friend literally at the weekend. Like, I feel like I'd just been walking around life complete like completely unaware that you're gonna die and like the thing is when you see it in front of you like you've got a number of things going on one is like dealing with that loss and then two that realization of like shit that's gonna happen to me and am i ready for it and am i just bumbling around life just existing but not actually experiencing it and being comfortable with me on the inside and the that whole thing of like me on the inside was like remember my um my mum like turning to us and you know my dad passed away at home and it was it was how it was best to say probably yeah well, anyway um i don't i won't go too far otherwise i'll end up <laughs> i won't be able to talk but um my mum turned to me um was there with my, my sisters and turned to me and was like you know, he'd taken his, he'd taken his last, the last breath and, and turned and was like, he's gone. And it was like, yeah. And obviously it was like, yeah, there was a lot of crying and, and, but the, when I think back to that, those words in that sentence, it's a, it is the type of thing you hear, you know, you see people say or on a movie or it's like, they're gone. And it's like, the body, the body, like my dad was there, but he wasn't. And therefore, like this, like isn't me. It's just like, it's the, 
it's the vessel or it's the thing like it's important and I want to look after my body because it's how I go and experience those things on the outside but then also on the inside but it's like there's something in us that is us because when you take your last breath you will people there and hopefully you've got some loved ones with you that that, that they're supporting you and it's like you're gone but your physical body is there so you know <laughs> look after your physical body but don't spend all of your time on just the physical because it ain't actually you um is the type of thing that i'm these are messages when i say those things i'm saying them to myself um how they land with people like i don't know i just want to i just i just want i think it's imp i wish i'd heard i don't know whether i would have engaged with it like if if, I, if i'd heard someone else if i was listening to this podcast 10 years ago and be like, who was this guy talking about breathing idiot like you don't know what he's talking about and he's a bit but but i don't know whether i would have been able to 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 connect on that level but i'm i'm think it's i think it's important to to start to to realize and think about what is important what are you how well are you connected with yourself and what sort of you know, are you ready for the realities of life and you, know, you experience things or or are we just existing and like la 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 I don't want to I don't want to think or talk about dying because that makes me sad like yeah it, it makes us sad because we're going to yeah. miss things but um it is going to happen so I can't stick my head in in the in the sand about it right yeah thank you for sharing that so powerful as you were sharing this I I couldn't help but think as your as your father dropped his body and left and took his last breath and you cried when we are born we take our first <laughs> breath and then we cry yeah, yeah. right and it's the reverse and there's yeah. something about the celebration of birth that is missing in i think in the western culture especially yeah. when it comes to death what if we could celebrate the end the same way we celebrate the beginning mm. and if we extrapolate that to everything that we do, we're constantly trying to get to the end of something, to the end goal, to uh, feeling better, to completing the race, to wh whatever Why? it may be. We're, we're always playing, right? Why? what happens at the end? You gotta, <laughs> right. Either at the end, you're just disappointed or you got to go and find something else. Exactly. It's, you have this moment of, okay, this is wonderful, but I still feel the same. <laughs> Jacko is the same uh, now as he was when he was playing uh, rugby, as when he was focusing on calisthenics or talking about breathwork. The essence remains the same. It's infinite. It's constant. And um, you probably feel this, that although your father is not here in the same form, the relationship with your father goes on. And um, there are reminders. There are w new ways of communicating. Uh, that that's infinite and the beauty of what you're doing in my opinion is that through breath work practice focus just Breathing. being aware yeah. of it right you're able to access more of that which you cared about when it was physically here now when it's physically not around for you to touch it's it's yeah. the intangible and that's yeah. why uh titles uh, who cares about a title you've given who me cares about your material you've given me two right? you know you've given me you've, you've sparked something and this is what i like the conversations you've got we need to talk more often because you 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 bring something out that was like 
there, but I didn't realize or have a way to articulate it. I'm going to try to remember it in a second. But the, and the, the first thing you nailed it when it was like um, the, the chasing and trying to find something and, you, and then you brought back to that thing of like the essence. So that like, because as you were saying that, it's like going, yes, that is it. As in like, so just get comfortable with figure out like love yourself and your essence now because if you can do it now then you can yeah you can do it when other things are going on but if you can't do it now that was one of the that was one of the the big things for me in the my dad was sick for 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 a while and we was looking after him and it was that was i don't know it's weird to just what what's what's the hardest bit like the build-up or when they're gone it's i guess it's all it's all hard but there was some some things around like um realizing like that sort of bit are you comfortable with yourself and realizing like we need to to love ourselves and me asking myself what are the barriers for me actually like loving myself and why would it be easier to like love other other people but uh um understanding that like we're all connected and that um and that I believe that we should try to love everybody and if i believe and it's like that whole thing of like the question i said before around like um do i want to live in nottingham for the rest of my life i was like no like dead easy to answer that question do you think you should love everyone yeah like it's hard to but like do i think you should is that like one of the essence like yeah yeah and then it was like well you're part of everyone it's like oh shit so i've got to love myself um yeah. I just had this conversation yesterday with uh, my daughter, but I, I and I and I I would love to share with you what what came up in conversation, uh, but I, I I want you to continue. Oh yeah, well um, I'm gonna forget what that. Uh, you had a second. Thing. Yeah, I know that's what I need thing. to remember. And I was that's why I was worried I was gonna forget it because it wasn't a. You sparked a thought, and now then, and it was it was new. So I was I should have written the it. essence. The essence was the first mm. one. Is that we're we're infinite, and I shared that you know when when uh, a child is is born, they uh, take their first breath and they cry, and mm. when you pass away, they take their last breath, and those around uh, cry. Uh, it will come to me. Yeah, it will, if it will, you can remember, it will come back. It will come back. It will come back. It was it was more to do back. with what you were saying towards the end, um, and it was like I just didn't want to chasing. Yeah, it will come. 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 Well, I'll tell you this quick yeah. story. Uh, yesterday, my my daughter called me. Uh, she's twenty four years old now. Uh, she has a kid, and uh, she has started to call me now for the first time without a problem. She just wants to talk <laughs> and connect, and it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful development nice. in our relationship, and I and I love it. And uh, yesterday she was sharing with me that um, her biggest challenge in life is consistency. And I said, you have been a mother now for 17 months and you haven't missed a beat. You've been consistent all the way through. What is it that allows you to be so consistent? And she said, I just have to. I said, well, you don't have to. You could just walk away if you wanted to. And she said, well, I love him. And I said, yeah, that's that's the secret. The question is, do you love yourself as much yeah. as you love your son? And thus, are you able to use that love to be consistent in your practice and that what you're trying to achieve or do or become part of some process? And uh, a simple question, <laughs> but a challenging one. 
And there's something about being aware of who we are at the most essential level that allows us to tap into that which is unconditional. And with that which is unconditional, give way to that which in this moment is important to us. And that could be uh, breathing could be important to us. Moving could be important to us. Having a meaningful conversation, uh, seeking out quality time, uh, having new experiences, whatever it may be. But it's that is the essence. And it's so simple. It's so obvious. Everybody knows it. But we all have amnesia. We forget. <laughs> right? and, I, and, I, and I think th this conversation that you and I are having is important because it's the act of remembering. And, and the question is, what is it that we are trying to remember? Well, we're trying to remember who we are. And the changes that I've seen in you over the last couple of years are the product of you remembering who you are, the, the essence of who you are. Mm. And that's beautiful. That's lovable. That is, that <laughs> is inspiring. <laughs> it's, it's easygoing. It, it's free. Very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think those those experiences that we go that each of us go through are help to sort of shape that and form part of what we end up coming to. Yeah, I don't know if I is I remembering or is it I don't know, is it is it remembering or is it um is it been evolving? Um I don't know. Don't know. Um maybe Maybe a little bit of both. I, remembering is remembering, putting the members back together, the pieces back yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. Jacko, you're you're about to uh, yeah. set out on a, a physical adventure. Um, tell us briefly about this physical adventure and why you're doing it. And uh, yeah, we'll bring we'll bring this to a, a gentle close. <laughs> um, okay, so you're referring to. Whoa, the ring of fire. Um, <laughs> there's a there's an ultra marathon event called the ring of fire or ring of fire, um, which is um, running around a little island off of North Wales called Anglesey. Beautiful little place. My my sister lives there. Uh, my mum and father are, are from very close to there in North Wales. And um, I am not a long distance runner. <laughs> um, I have been using running as a way to um experience my breath more um and a way to train the breath um and i think one of the things that we one of the things i think you was i'm trying to remember what the thing is you had triggered in me to think it was like the you know we're talking about more deeply and the inner compared to the outer and it's like breathing is still something physical but it's much closer to your inner it's like it feels like a more internal connection like gets you a little bit closer to maybe maybe that essence is something that i certainly feel or or experience and um 
anyway, yeah, so I've been going out running not because I wanted to get better at running, but I wanted to get better at breathing. Um, and I paired with the fact that I don't know why I can't I can't say why, but I just felt like I would as a kid. I don't know if it was as a kid as, as long as I can remember. It'd be like I always thought I'd run a marathon of just like not a bucket. I don't have a bucket list. Or there, like I said, there's no master plan, but and I don't think that everyone should have to do it. But I just felt just for me, for whatever reason, as a as a human being, I just thought that and I loved all, all sorts of different sports against. I was just always assumed, probably more just assumed I would run a marathon and the reason I'd not done in the past was always like it would interfere with your training for rugby etc um and I remember um it'd been like two would it be two Christmases ago I had a little bit of a word myself of going like remember how you always thought you'd do a marathon and you couldn't because and your excuse was that you was playing rugby like you haven't played rugby for eight years or seven years. Like, what's your excuse now? And at first, <laughs> right, like, you know, what are you, what are you waiting yeah. For? And at first, I couldn't run for a year without getting headaches and all that sort of stuff. But you know, by now, I was like, I was, I was okay. And the longer distance stuff is like less intense, so it's actually even easier. Um, anyway, so I, so I did the, I did the, the most important thing. If you're going to run a marathon, the most important thing that you should do. My best tip for your training. I think I know what it is. Sign up to an event. <laughs> I was hoping. I was. I was hoping you were going to say buy short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're secondly, but, but so I just literally it was just like right, literally there and then awesome. on my phone just went bang. You just signed doing up. It. Um, I think this is the message. This is the message, Jacko. <laughs> you just you just nailed it. It's when there is an urge to do something that has been brewing for a while, and the the fire is hot. Or the iron is hot, you strike. Just do it. Yeah, no, that's a nice. It's going to be sponsored by Nike by saying just do it, aren't we? But um, right. brought to you by Nike. <laughs> the um, yeah, sign up, and then it was like okay, well, I've got this. Then it was like there in the diary. It was in like the October, um, October last year. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to do it on concrete. I didn't want the concrete jungle. I wanted to do it in nature. I wanted to get a, try try to find a trail one, but I was like, I don't want to do anything too crazy. It's like what's the flattest trail marathon? Um, and it was in like Suffolk on the East coast, which is, is pretty flat, but some of it was literally on the beach and it was very slow. I think it took me like four hours, 50 minutes or something. Um, you're actually trudging through some sand towards the end. So the, the terrain didn't help with the speed, but I wasn't going out there to try and set any world records or even any time I was, I had two goals. One was to not walk. And that was my competitive rugby mindset of like, I just wanted, it was like, I didn't want to walk. It was like, just so just don't walk. And um, I didn't. Um, and then my other one was enjoy it because I'd really enjoyed the training. I'd just enjoyed that, like connecting with the breath and noticing and all that that um, that was going on in the training, um, working on like the efficiency of the of the nasal breathing um, and putting the, some putting some of like the science and research that's been like, we learn about with the oxygen advantage techniques and just actually putting them into place and go like, is it more efficient? Do I feel better doing it? And um, I'd enjoyed the training. So I didn't want to, my, one of my worries was like finishing it and being like, I'm never doing that again. Like that was horrendous. I didn't want to not enjoy it uh, because I'd enjoyed the training. And so when I finished, I was a bit of a mess um, and really struggled to like walking the next day was like bad. Um, but that, so I did on the Saturday, walking on Sunday was bad. And then Monday I actually trained again. Um, so recovery was 
pretty decent. Um, and then the thought I had very close to finishing that marathon was like, I did, the idea of doing another one faster was like, I got no interest in trying to like beat that time or just like for what? Like just, but, and you could say the same thing about what I said I'm going to do, like why, like for the what, for what? Anyway, but I was like, the the challenge of like, could you go and run another one later today or tomorrow? And it was like, that is like, that feels like the redefining impossible, like the scorecard says it. That felt like right. that. And for, for whatever reason, that was like, that got, that just got me excited. So then, uh, yeah, came across the Ring of Fire, which is 135 miles around the, the Anglesey Coastal Path. I know how beautiful it is there. It's done in three days. I was like, you know, the the connection with my my family and stuff. It was like that's that's the one. That's that's for me. So again, did the thing. I just signed up to it, and then it's been in the back of the mind for quite a while. It helps you with your motivation for training and getting out. As it gets closer, it's like maybe six weeks away now. It's certainly less than two months. It's at the start of September. It's now like I've started to get like like properly scared. I'm literally like <laughs> I went I went out for uh well I had uh. Yeah, I went out for a run the other day and I felt awful. And I was just like, then I was just like, I can't do it. How, how, how I am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And actually, it was my, my, I remember saying to my wife the other day, I was like, it's properly starting to doubt myself. And I was like, do you think I'll do it? And she just went, yeah. Like, she's never been, uh, she just doesn't, if anything, she just makes sure I, she brings no hesitation. No hesitation. And just her general consensus is like, Bring Jacko down a peg or two. Like he's just getting a bit too excited and too big for his boots. Like she, she keeps me nice and level when I'm getting excited about stuff. Um, but she was just like, no hesitation, just like yeah. And I was like, just your how assured you seem with like gave me some. I was like, but why are you so like assured? She was like, well, you've you've done loads of training, like and like, I just know you'll do it. You won't you don't quit. You you have the mindset to to do it so um yes i'm down to myself a lot at the moment but that has been uh, uh that has been encouraging um and again it's That's beautiful. it's not about it's not about trying to beat anyone it's not about trying to set a time it's like it's a it's going to be about trying to actually just do the flipping thing you do 35 miles on day one which i've not the most i've done in one day is 30 but I know I can do 35 miles. I'm like, I'm, I'm very assured of that. I'm not worried about day one. Day two is 67 miles, which is like a lot. It's like two and a half marathons of it. And then day three, the final day is 32. Um, so it's the middle day is sort of, um, yeah. It's easy to sign up to these things. And then as they get closer, <laughs> yeah, like, then, then you have to do it. Then you have to do it. And you work out what the average speed is that you've got to stay at to like, so there's cutoff times and it's like, uh, do you know, the, like the, well. Is the, is the bike going to catch me? Is yeah. the, is the... I'm like, the uh, the thing that I'm just going to try to, it's in, in my mind, I'm like, I just have to get to the end of day two, even if I miss the time for it and they say, oh, you're not allowed to carry on. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, okay you can have my number back but i'm I'm gonna run around there even if i do i'll run happily around it on my own but i'm finishing this thing if i get to the end but it's whether it's like can the body can the body hold up 
um, and I am mm. trying to lean upon the the nasal breathing efficiency um, and then that that connection to to the ground through more of a natural uh, barefoot running style that I've been been doing for for quite a long time now with uh, Viva Barefoot and yeah those those are my two they're my two pillars that I'm sort of trying to utilize to um, enjoy it as an experience but also hopefully like do the thing and and in that my hope is that people will start just spark a conversation of like okay what am i what am i doing what am i doing with my breath that i'm taking what am i doing um to help me experience myself that inner like a little bit more deeply it doesn't actually be running it could be just flipping whatever it's just for me that it's for me it's been i found that running has been a great way for me to do that um, and the breath being a gateway into that a little bit more more inner stuff and not to not to necessarily give an answer or find an answer i certainly haven't got it the answer but just to to spark some conversations with yourself or with friends to just like you know let's let's go a bit bit deeper let's yeah, let's connect like you, you you model a behavior of exploration so other people can do the same i i, lo- I love that um how can we follow along w- where do people find you to uh follow along and and uh, learn from you um so i'll yeah there'll be stuff on on instagram probably um will be the best place so that is uh jacko.david.jackson um, and then um, there's a Just Giving page. I don't know what the name of the Just Giving page is. That it's you know, doing it for Petals Charity, which is um, counselling charity for uh, helping people that have uh, either lost uh, babies or or miscarriages. Which my family has had a, 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 a personal experience of those. So um, yeah, that's that's the that's the charity of sporting and that just giving pages. There's information on there, a bit more detail about like what the charity is about, but then also what you know me trying to uh, verbalise what the whole challenge is about um, as well. So they're probably two good places to um, check out. And if you can just join in by like just sharing it, like that would be that would be great. You know, if people yeah, and I'll make sure that 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 link goes in the description. But I'm 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 definitely excited to follow along. <laughs> Jacko, thank you for this. I really appreciate you. Uh, ever since we first connected, it's it's been something special to not only uh, get to know you, but to learn from you. And uh, I'm excited to continue the the adventure. And the fact that you're back on the podcast, <laughs> we had this conversation. I learned a lot. I feel very inspired and encouraged. And I, I hope everybody who's listening and watching uh, feels the same. So much love to you, Jacko. Thank yeah. you for being here. And you, mate. Likewise.